Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're craving nerdy tunes, we've got you covered. Nerdy FM is the Nerdy Show Network's nerd music podcast hosted by me, Mark with a C. We feature the best in geek rock, nerdcore, comedy, VGM, and every genre in between. The biggest artists alongside awesome up-and-comers with rare tracks, exclusive live recordings, and a massive archive to keep you rocking the nerd world over. Tune in exclusively through the Nerdy Show Network. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds and otaku across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Wicked Anime Podcast. This is episode 126, and we are driving home from Rhode Island Comic Con. Uh, I say we because I am your stupid awesome analyst, John Starr, and with me is the anime noob. <laughs> she didn't want me to call her that. Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we are about to head home from our long weekend. Veterans Day weekend. Thank you for all who served. I don't know, sleep. Because, man, it was a long, long weekend. And stressful at times. But it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. So we're going to talk about in this episode what we saw over the weekend. Maybe some cool panels, cool celebrities. And the whole lot of people that were there. So let's uh, start off where we typically do whenever we do a con, post-con podcast. Um, Things we bought. That's, that's typically what, the things that, that we talk about. Uh, what did you buy? So, this weekend, I actually did something new that I've never done before. I think, in the books now, I think I have been to about ten conventions. I never buy prints from artists. That's just something that I don't do because I, personally, I take so many photos and I just never have a place to put them. You you buy the artist formerly known as Prince. Uh, No. <laughs> I appreciate his work of art, but I'm talking about the photographic, artistic, painting, drawing type of print. Yeah. So, as I'm sure has come about in some of our podcasts before, I am a huge fan of Hanna-Barbera and Scooby-Doo. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Animations, and from a technical sense, is more for me. For you, though... It's the fandom of (laughs) Scooby-Doo. Grew up loving it. Adore it. Try to get my hands on as much collectible items as possible. This time, I was so excited because one of my favorite Scooby-Doo movies is quick and short and probably not the most memorable of them all. Scooby-Doo goes to Hollywood. 
Yeah. The artist who actually was one of the animators on that film was there this year. Yeah, uh, Tom Cook. He Very was, nice guy. He Very was. Nice guy. Although it didn't seem like that for, for some time. He, he, was, he didn't know what he was doing there. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> enjoying was... enjoying the uh, the retired life. Well, you know, he did admit he had a cold. So if you had to stay in a large convention center, yeah, for, sit behind like, the booth all day, twelve hours a day, I would probably be just as cranky and not feeling good either. Yeah, but he was super awesome to talk to. We went to one of his panels. We did. Um, and, you know, he, he was talking about animation industry stuff, which I was into, and I wanted to ask him, being, you know, that being my field, a lot of interesting, you know, questions that I think that a lot of people, like, he and I would have connected on, on them, but other people probably would have been like, oh my gosh, I just want to know what his favorite He-Man episode is. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... So I, I skipped out on those questions, but it, I was fascinated by everything because he, he worked on shows. Not only did he work on Scooby Doo, mm-hmm. he even animated one of the scenes that you love the most when Scooby dressed up as the Fonz. Mm-hmm. Um, but he worked on He Man, Masters of the Universe, and Shira, and he worked on the Smurfs, and he worked on Tom uh, and Jerry. Tom and Jerry, yeah, which I thought was awesome because he even he, talked about the new rules of animation and how as times changed, they couldn't show the car- cartoon characters hitting their heads because that, you know, consisted of violence and they couldn't do stars around their heads anymore. So if you think about it in the progression of animation, if you think about the old cartoons and Tom and Jerry would, like, hit each other and a hammer would come out, he told us that as time went on, they couldn't do that anymore. Yeah. It, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, you can totally tell the time and how, you know, time has passed as to when that changed. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, he was talking about how Tom and Jerry needed to be friends now. They couldn't be enemies. Mm. So yeah, it's really, uh, it was really interesting to see, you know, that, well, to be honest, to be, to be straight, that old look yeah. on animation, how the industry has changed over time. People ask really interesting questions like how, um, you know, he felt about the episode. Like he, uh, if anybody remembers the cartoon Brave Star, the episode where one of his best friends died of a drug overdose and how that affected, you know, how, was there any, you know, backlash on that? And he said there wasn't really because, you know, that was real life, you know, back then it was a problem back then. And there were just weren't too many things attached to it, like to hold on to back then that, or any censorship like that. But there wasn't really much like that in cartoons back then to begin with. Yeah. But anyways, we're talking about stuff that we bought. Oh, and we and right. we got off on that. So, anyways, off of that tangent. So, anyways, we after going to the panel, or rather before going to the panel, um, we were able to stop by his booth again. He had a portfolio of his work and some different scenes and um, panels that he's done, um, actual you know panels as well that were included in the film strips of the of the cartoons. And I was able to purchase uh, four. Um, Prince from Scooby-Doo um, across different cartoons that he had animated on. So it was right. really, really interesting. He signed them for me and he wrote, you know, little, little catchphrases of Zoinks and Retro. There was the other thing that he yeah. did for you, though. He gave you a free print. He did give me a free print because I couldn't decide between two. And part of me was like, maybe he's just trying to get me to go away, but I think he genuinely was just <laughs> like, you know what, I'm taking it as I think he was a nice guy, but partially just go away. <laughs> I didn't take that long. Yeah, no, uh, 
I I really <laughs> think that he appreciated the time and effort that you put into a, a, acknowledging his career. Um, because I, I think that there's a lost art in those who have animated for Hanna-Barbera at one time. Everybody's like, those cartoons are old. They're, ha- they're has-beens, you know? But like he kept saying, there's this thing called a pencil. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. which I think, you know, this John Starr and I, we've had this conversation before that I really appreciate the older uh, cartoons because I really like seeing, you know, the little mistakes or the little pencil lines that have made it into the final era. Er- you know, the final um, airing of the show because it just shows the originality. It shows the work and the effort that's really needed to be put into the animation. And it might not be as crisp and as clean and as fluid as, say, your more modern cartoons, but it just shows, like, the age and the talent. Yep. You know, and I think just seeing and talking to him, I really appreciated that, and I think he appreciated that the fact that some people of our generation still have recognized that. Right. So... What I bought was pretty much a new wardrobe. <laughs> I spent all my money. Well, you bought a new wardrobe of things to hold your pants up. Yeah, uh, I spent all my money on seatbelt belts. Uh, I've, if you've seen me at conventions before or in daily life, I am constantly wearing some kind of really crazy... You know people go to work and they're known for wearing their crazy ties, you know? Oh, today he's wearing a Christmas tie and it's July, you know? Um, I wear belts that are really nerdy. Uh, I sported my Teen Titans belt all weekend, but I bought, like, a Sega Genesis one. I bought a Streets of Rage one. I bought... I bought two for for Andrew, which was... Um, to Monster Hunter. So ones. your twenty-seven is now going now going up to sixty-seven because he needs to pay you back, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, yeah, that's how much cash I have left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I bought some belts for Andrew too because I couldn't pass them up. I've never seen them before. Pokeballs. Oh yeah, that's right. I did. I bought one that was all the Pokeballs. And anyways, so yeah, I bought a whole bunch of belts and everything like that. They were selling a whole lot of Nendroids there too. Uh, they were selling, you know, they had a lot of good anime stuff there, but they were overpriced, I think. I think they were very much overpriced. Uh, the typical price for a Nendroid, uh, when you find them, is like maybe around $45, and they were selling them for the upwards of $55 to $60. So I passed by on those. Um, oh, I bought a new board game. Those, there were some really cool guys. They were the only booths selling board games there, and there was a brand new board game that was released based on the movie The Thing, called Outpost 31, and it's a board game, almost like uh, they were just explaining the Battlestar Galactica game, and Elijah Wood, who was one of the guests here this weekend, had done a really funny video on it in character about how to play the game, uh, where you don't know who's infected, and you have to try to figure out within this bunker before everybody's killed, or, or everybody freezes to death. Um, so I bought that because my family loves playing board games uh, before Thanksgiving. So I bought that because Thanksgiving's right around the corner and we're going to play that. And we all love the thing. Everybody in my family loves the thing. Uh, really great movie if nobody's ever seen it. Then, uh, you know, they, I, we, all, we did some haggling with them. Got a, better pri- got a better price on them because they were also a little expensive. But that's okay because they were willing to haggle. I think I made the guy a little sad, though. I have to admit something you didn't hear me say. Oh? I looked on Amazon, and I saw that the other game you were going to purchase was $20 cheaper online. Right. And I told the guy, because I said, I'm just letting you know, just in case other people say something, 
that that's the price online. Yeah. And he's like, it was like a pause and like an awkward like <laughs> facial expression change. And I'm like, I think I just ruined this guy's day. Oh my god. And he's like, well, I started. I gave up on Amazon a long time ago. He's like, but Amazon. If with Amazon you don't have a guy telling you about the game who like has never played it before, and I'm like, all right, well clearly I hit a nerve. <laughs> and sorry. shame on you. I'm Bring, sorry. You're bringing you're bringing truth to light, and they don't like that. Well, you know what? I thought it was just a nice thing as to hey, maybe if you bring your price down by like five dollars. It's like even a bit more competitively priced because if you have two day prime shipping, you can wait two days to get a game that's been out for over two years. Oh, you know, you're going to have to start going to more. I don't think 10 is enough cons for you because you got to realize that you have to post things up at least $20 in order to buy them. I understand that. (laughs) That's why I don't usually buy things because I am a bargain shopper. And you did want a mystery box today, though. I did, but you know what I did? And I did this on purpose because I knew the psychological cycle of mine. If I kept going back and I was, like, waiting for the price to drop, clearly it wasn't because it was a Harry Potter one. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, I go back. I'm like, I'm going to do it. I, I saved enough money. I have it. And you, then it you was... You psyched yourself up. It's like, we're going get, to get a mystery box. Well, because they were like, it has blankets and it can have a lanyard. And I'm like, oh, I can have a good lanyard. <laughs> And it could have hats or socks or glasses. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm I'm gonna do it. <laughs> Sold out. Yeah. Which I was actually quite disappointed, but now I'm realizing I didn't need to spend that forty-four dollars. Yeah. Now I can buy myself gas this week. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, these these people that we're talking about are really cool. They're a company called Toink. I think it was called T T O Y N K Toink Toink.com. And they sell themed mystery boxes. You can typically find their booth from a mile away because it's usually stacked all the way to the ceiling with these uh, boxes that look like Mario coin boxes, um, Nintendo controllers. Uh, they had Overwatch boxes, horror themed boxes that looked like the uh, cube from uh, Hellraiser. So they had all these different themed boxes that you could buy and. I, I see people with them all the time. Yeah. Every single person around the con has one. And I, I, I just like, I don't know what they're about, but I guess they've got some really awesome stuff in them because everybody has them. And that stack of boxes that they have is not to the ceiling by the end of the weekend. No. It's it amazing was, how much money they have. It was amazing. From the time we got in line to go from the um, Al Yankovic panel, which was at 1 o'clock to... Four, yeah. When we were about, when we went back down, we were getting ready to leave and everything. And they went from being fully stocked to literally nothing. Yeah. Like empty shelves. Like there might have been 20 out of like the thousand that they brought with them. They might be, they might be the best impulse buy. That, yes. that could be the reason. It's well, like, we only have an hour left until the con closes. It's oh my gosh, gonna, Yeah. And the thing that I kept saying was like, I don't want to carry this thing around with me. So I'm going to go, and I guarantee you that was literally everyone else's thought. Yep. Was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to get it on my way out because who wants to carry around a two foot by one foot box? Yeah. Um, let's backtrack to something you just said a little while ago. Yeah. We went to a Weird Al Yankovic panel because he was here this weekend. He did. Now. Well, I went to part of one. Y- yeah. Um, because you wanted to be sure that you were in line for the one after that, which was Back to the Future, which Correct. we'll talk about in a second. Yes. 
Um, so the Weird Al Yankovic panel, I've always wanted to see. This is the first time in my life that I've seen Weird Al Yankovic really? live. I thought you've seen him before. No, I've never been to a concert. I've never met him. I've never seen him face to face. We have interviewed him. When I say we, as in the Nerdy Show Network, okay. has interviewed him multiple times. And you can find Nerdy Show, uh, Cap from Nerdy Show, interviewing with him uh, at least twice, maybe three times. Wow. Um, they usually do it when a new CD comes out. Um, but but he, he's been present on the Nerdy Show Network before, but I've never seen him live before. And this was my first chance to do that. And there were... The entire panel, which was hosted by uh, Doug Walker, who's a nostalgia critic, saw him a couple times this weekend, too. Um, which we can talk about the other panel that he hosted in a little bit. Um, we saw a lot of panels this weekend. This is probably the most panels I've ever been to at a convention since starting going to conventions. Yeah. We saw a ton. Um, so Weird Al uh, was up on stage, and there were like 50,000 questions that needed to be asked. Yeah. Uh, and it went immediately to the fans. So, you know, it's like, you know, questions that were like, what's your favorite song, Weird Al? You know, how do you make a parody, Weird Al? And uh, I think that the reason that because of that, Weird Al was up there and he was just like going through each question very quickly, just giving a quick answer so that he could get to all 50,000 of the questions because there were a ton of people waiting to ask I questions. I felt like it was an awkward meet and greet. Yeah, like kind we of. We were watching the meet and greet Weird Al. I was kind of disappointed, but yeah. I, I, I went last year when we saw um, Alice Cooper, the other yes. musician who was there. Um, he was telling these awesome stories about golf and how he plays golf six days a week, and you know how the drummer from the Who would sleep over his mom's house and everything like that. We didn't get any of that from Weird Al. We yeah. just got like short. One, one sentence bite size you know answers and it was kind of boring unfortunately yeah. I mean Weird Al had that funny Weird Al vibe to him he said you know like somebody asked him a really good question it was like how do you stay so young looking and how are you so healthy and he was like well I'm in my you know my, my stasis chamber for you know the for two hour, 22 hours a day and then I make an appearance which I thought was funny and then he was like and I also don't do cocaine yeah. you know so he was saying things like that which were really funny Weird Al quips, but he could have, like, like he didn't have that storytelling flair, you know, that... I do wonder, though, if it wasn't his idea to do that. I'm wondering if it was maybe the structure of whoever organized, Absolutely. The, whoever organized the panel for him. Absolutely, because, I mean, like I said, we've interviewed Weird Al on the Nerdy Show Network before, and it's gone completely different. You know, it's they've been some great episodes, some very entertaining episodes, and this just wasn't the place for that. I guess I don't know. Um, do we want to talk about the panel that we saw directly after Weird Al, though? Yeah. Um, which was the Back to the Future panel? Yes. Because this weekend, Christopher Lloyd and Tom Wilson were here, mm-hmm. which they were both very entertaining. Uh, in different ways. In different ways. <laughs> uh, Tom Wilson, who played Biff in Back to the Future killed it. He was up there controlling that audience. He was nailing... He could have been the moderator. Oh, yeah. He was very... He was, like... In, the one thing I loved, 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 loved about it... Now, Christopher Lloyd, in my opinion, is a comic genius in his own right. Yes. He is an interesting soul, yep. to say the least. 
Tom Wilson had his back. Yes. When he couldn't hear the questions or he didn't understand. He just, like, it's clear they work together once in a while. That they can just gel and vibe together. And they, um... Yeah. They just had a great panel. They did. Uh, Christopher Lloyd has slowed down a lot. He, um... He, he's definitely showing his age, unfortunately. Um, but he was up there making the best of it, having a great time, you know, and... A little raunchy for, I think, the audience that was there. Yeah. Uh, I think that was kind of like his old man mentality vibe. I don't care anymore. I'm retired sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you're... I, It was a little awkward. I was sitting next to a kid that was maybe 10, and he mentioned masturbation. At one point. At one point. Yeah. And it was just like, um, I don't think that this is what this panel was about. I don't think that was what the original question was about either. No, it was... He went off on a tangent. Yeah, and the tangent just didn't go well. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but otherwise, I was very happy that we went to that panel. Oh, yeah. Because it was probably one of the best for the entire weekend. Mm. Um, and... (laughs) It was just funny seeing their dynamic. I mean, I felt like that Tom Wilson could have, like, we could have spent an entire weekend just with him. Yes. Because he was so interesting. Uh, and super nice. He was talking about his experience on Back to the Future and how he was like, uh, he was just there the entire time hoping he wasn't going to get fired because he enjoyed it so much and he loved it. And how um, uh, Eric Stoltz, when Eric Stoltz got fired and then Marty, Mc, uh, well, Marty McFly, well, um, Michael J. Fox took his place and how he thought that, you know, when he was he, he that Tom was going to be the one to get fired. Um, it had a totally different dynamic and he just clearly appreciated the chance that he got to be on Back to the Future because I think he said it was his first movie yeah. that he had ever been in. Right. And it was just different. It was a different dynamic save from the Princess Bride panel that we also went to. Yeah, let's talk about the Princess Bride panel, which was also hosted by Doug Walker. Yes. Um, and that one had uh, who, who was up there? Um, Wallace Shawn. Yep. And Chris Sarandon was also on the panel who played the prince. Yes. And so he and Sha- Wallace Shawn. Wallace Shawn. Uh, they were up on stage, and unfortunately, Carrie Elwes was supposed to be here this weekend, but he canceled it on like like the week before or something. Like it was very soon. It was like Thursday. He was. Was it really that soon? Yeah. He. Um, I mean, it's possible he canceled earlier and they just didn't post it. Yeah. Which um, I'm super bummed about because... But then again, that panel would have been so much more crowded mm-hmm. if Carrie Elwes... It already was. It was. It was already a packed panel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, the, the organization of the lines in this place is, it, granted, very hard to manage because... It's very hard to manage. Because the convention center is set up very strangely. Mm-hmm. But, um, but anyways, uh, this panel... We learned something uh, very interesting about Wallace Shawn, who, um, which I I kind of assumed about him. Don't ever ask the man to say inconceivable. Yeah. He, he, it was, like, that was the very first question that Doug asked him. He said, what are you more tired of, saying inconceivable or people asking you to say inconceivable? Something like that. Yeah. And he was just like, you know, um... There's, it's just something that he, he made this analogy about about a pretty girl being told she's pretty. Mm. It was something like that, right? He said, you know, when you're 16 and you get told for the first time that you're pretty, or yeah. that you're good looking, it's flattering. Yeah. It's almost nice. But he said when you, every time 
when somebody comes up to you and says, you are really good looking. Yeah. And makes, he said it was almost, it's like that where it feels like you're dehumanized. And you start to ask. And you start to ask yourself, is this all that I am? Right. Because and, he's an, he's a successful playwright and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, apparently he, which I, I am also guilty of, and I feel bad for saying this because I don't really know him much else other than the Princess Bride. Right. Um, so John Starr and I have actually kind of compiled a little list of all these different things that we're going to try to um, research and watch and just try to look into more just because it's like we learn so much more about these actors and the other works that they've done just by going to these panels. Uh, and Wallace Shawn, um, just as an example, was one of these people that I felt like after listening to him and almost feeling that you know, I feel that even though this movie is so like Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Iconic and such an important part of, I'm sure, his life and all the other people who have admired the movie for years and decades because it was the 30th anniversary. Yeah. That it probably now is is a disdain in his life. Right. You know, and that's just what I left feeling. Whereas the other actor who was there, uh, he had a completely different tone. Yeah. Very grateful. Chris Randon. Chris Randon, thank you. Very grateful, very excited to be there, excited to talk about it with the fans. Yeah. I just think they had two totally different experiences. Well, for one thing, Wallace Shawn said that he was only in a third of the movie. (laughs) Yeah, right. But the two of them did have very nice things to say about Andre the Giant. Yeah. They had very endearing stories about him as a person, his life, just, you know, the fact that this was one of the last movies that he was in, if not the last. I think it was the last. Okay, the last movie he was in before he passed. It was just, it was nice to hear, just, again, not myself not really knowing much other than this man was, you know, had a disorder or disease that unfortunately ended his life early but he was able to film the star in this movie yeah you know and they were able to get to know him which was a great pleasure to them yeah um speaking of other successful people like that we didn't know that much about let's talk about another one of those people uh curtis armstrong yes who was amongst the entourage of the first panel that we saw for the entire convention, which was the Revenge of the Nerds panel. Yes. Which had, oh gosh, I think it would be impossible to name. Robert Carradine. Yeah, Robert Carradine was there. Andrew. Salise. Is, is, is that how you spit it? I think it's Salise. Salise, yeah. Um, Brian Toshi. 
Chris, Curtis Armstrong, uh, Donald Gibb, who played Ogre, nerds, Julia Montgomery, um, Larry Scott, uh, Robert Carradine, as I always said, and Ted McGinley. So Ted McGinley was there at the con, but he did not join them at the panel. Right. He was not there at the panel. But, like, that is a really, really big majority of the cast. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. And um, all of them are, like, actual real-life nerds. Mm-hmm. Like, in all honesty, oh, my gosh. Like, um, like Brian uh, Toshi was, he's working on this uh, renewable energy Right. Project yeah. and like that's going to be free energy and clean drinking water. Uh, that's like the size of a gas station that could feed an it's entire wind power. Yeah, yeah, it's completely wind powered, and the only byproducts are water and electricity. Yeah, how cool is that? And they also said that he invested in temporary tattoos, that he was one of the first investors in uh, right, 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 yeah, into popularity, which I mean, that was. That, a lot of that was our childhood. Yeah. In the 90s. It was, it was, a, that was a really fun panel. And also, who knew that Curtis Armstrong was a Shakespearean trained actor? Right, yeah. He's, uh, a, he's another one that. He's a legit genius. He's written books. And I mean, I know Robert Carradine from Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> so that's pretty much how knowledgeable I am on other people's careers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but man, that was a fun panel. Just listening to all all those all those people and their stories, and I'm impressed how much they actually how much content they got out of each person, being such a large cast of people. So another thing with their um, with the Revenge of the Nerds was we got to meet one of the season three cast members. Of, oh yeah, that was a Colby. Huge, yes, Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, King of the Nerds. King of the Nerds. King Sorry. of the Nerds was. Uh, Curtis Armstrong and Robert Carradine's uh, reality TV show on TBS that took real true life nerds and uh, puts them on a reality game show where they are crowned king of the nerd at the end of eight episodes. And um, Colby, who we met, who was in the audience, um, (coughs) excuse me, he was on season three. He was on there because he was the world tournament champion uh, person of Jeopardy. Um, and he's also a high school teacher yeah. uh, at the time, uh, which was cool. And we got to meet him, and we saw him walking around the con. He was he was just a regular con attendee, but uh, Curtis Armstrong gave him a shout out in the audience because apparently you really get to know the cast members during that time, and you know, like they've hung out at each other's houses and stuff like that, and you know. Yeah. Uh, I actually applied, or I, I filled out an application form for season three of uh, Revenge of the Nerds, uh, King of the Nerds, and I'm kind of bummed that I didn't get to experience that, but it's well, also probably a blessing in disguise that probably, I didn't get to experience it. Yeah, because the <laughs> stories that he told us, I mean, reality TV is, does not sound as glamorous as you would think. I don't think anybody really sees reality TV in a glamorous light anyways. Well, yeah. Um, but now just absolutely, I mean... He said it was a great experience, that he found it, um... And he didn't get any ridicule from his students about being on it either. Yes. And the thing that, you know, all questions aside, I am also a high school teacher, so I we connected as well. It was just really exciting because we talked, you know, education shop for a few minutes afterwards, and I found that he was way more excited to talk about that with me than yeah. he was about, 
you know the, we share resources and everything it was resources. awesome we have each other's emails it was awesome it was really cool so i actually have an email to send when i get home then uh for finally for me we saw a voice acting panel we saw i know that voice mm-hmm. which had samantha newark who was the voice of Jem from Jem and the Holograms way back in the day. And it had Steve Bloom from Cowboy Bebop, which was a dream come true for me because I had never, like, that was, that's one interview that we have yet to get and we still haven't gotten it yet, but I got to meet the guy, which was awesome. And we found out that he was newly engaged to the other person on the panel, Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, who was also one of the very first voices I heard in anime from, uh, who's the major from Ghost in the Shell. Um... So, it, like, that entire cast of people up there was, uh, was my, my early anime life. And it was just, oh, so wonderful. So I enjoyed that panel immensely. It was a very technical panel, by the way. It was a very technical panel about the art of being a voice actor, which was cool for me, for other people, like the little kids in the audience who want to hear about Star Wars Rebels. Um, probably fell asleep somewhere in there, but I found it super interesting. They were talking to them though they were very engaging yeah all age groups which i appreciate i thought it was so cute when uh mary elizabeth mcglynn pointed down at the audience uh into the audience at the two kids that were that were like listen when you grow up you know and was to giving them that whole spiel yeah that i thought that was so cute um and also uh steve bloom is starting a resource for um people who want to start in voice acting very cheap um affordable rather i should say very affordable and you know it's going to be good because steve bloom is one of the top dogs in the industry and he said after you take his course then you would be able to really feel out whether or not this is for you the other thing is um d bradley baker's website that he mentioned was so you want to be a voice actor.com I think it was something like that. Something like that, yeah. Um, which was also a free course that you could take for finding out if that's really what you want to do. So, uh, there was a lot of really good info in there. I was really happy to see Steve Bloom for the first time. I fanboyed, so. <laughs> it's really funny seeing him fanboy, by the way. Like, mine is different. Oh, can we switch to fangirling? <laughs> I know what you're going to talk about. And it's a panel that we have saved we for the end. We have not talked about it. So Go right ahead. As a young woman of the 2000s, I was a huge, still am, huge fan of NSYNC. Yep. Um, unlike Backstreet that has made a comeback, NSYNC still is near and dear to my heart. Joey Fatone. Yep, the fat the one fat was there. One, <laughs> so insulting. He loves Um, it. He loves it and he calls himself that too which I think is hysterical. Um, He was at Rhode Island Comic Con. He was the first person we visited because there was nobody there. Mm -hmm. He was eating it up. He is a sweetheart. Oh my gosh. He is amazing. He took the time. He talked. John John Starr was going to kill me because there was a glare in my photo so I went back. Um, We had a little inside joke which was amazing. He didn't care. He took another photo with me. He personally tried cleaning my phone screen, even though I wasn't my phone that had yeah. the glare. Um, <laughs> my my favorite interaction <laughs> of yours was when 
he originally said, no, you can't take that selfie with me. Uh, kidding, of course, but no, you can't take another selfie with me. And you said, fine, I'm switching to Backstreet. Yeah. <laughs> and he was just like, well, then, yeah. I guess we'll have to take the photo. <laughs> uh, but it was great. He did clear up some disclaimer, you know, um, or information, flaw, whatever lack thereof, that he will not be performing at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Just because Justin Timberlake is performing at the Super Bowl does not mean that NSYNC is performing at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Inside tearing up, he also said that if he ever had to do another tour with all the dancing and singing that he might die. Um, <laughs> but it did also, you know, we went to his panel, he was talking about his life as NSYNC, and it really, it you know, as much as people say, you know, with other people lip syncing, NSYNC actually did all of their singing and dancing. And writing. And writing. I actually did not know that. Yeah. Um, and that for those of you who have always just said, oh, they're just another boy boy band. No, they were actually in our musicians. Yep. And they worked together. They did their choreography. They did sing and dance and perform at all of their concerts. Yeah. So, you know what? I have a new respect and I hope that you do too. <laughs> Let's move on to some other things that we saw around the con that might, may or may not have been interesting. Besides Joey Fatone, who I saw about ten times, yes. Oh, did you, you? we didn't mention that. Did you see Joey Fatone? Oh, I saw him multiple times. Wow, that's incredible. I know, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I sent your sarcasm, but I got a picture with him and I'm okay with it. <laughs> there was one thing that I was uh, very, I found very funny, that there were, there's a new trend now about... Maybe for the past three or four years, the trend of con uh, conventions altogether, not even Comic-Cons, but Anime-Cons as well, that it's like, oh, look, there's another Deadpool there. There weren't as many this time. There weren't. You know what were, was there now? Rick and Morty. Yes. Everybody is Rick and Morty now. Yes. Um, which actually makes sense in the context of the show because uh, the show t uh, focuses a lot on infinite amount of universes and there can be an infinite amount of Ricks or Mortys. So it makes... Spoiler! No, that's what the show's about. I've never seen it. It's, it's, you'll see it in like five seconds. Whatever. But um, that's, uh, that's the new trend is everybody is some form of Rick and Morty now. Uh, that was like one of the, and we've met, we met a lot of them. And one of the things that I commented on was like, I was so impressed at how many different ways, how many different, uh, techniques, unibrows. how many different techniques there were to make <laughs> Rick's unibrow. Um, like it, there was not a single way that I saw it done you know, more than once. There were some that were painted on, there were some that were fabricated, there were some uh, that were... Might have been real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but it was just really funny that uh, that was the case. Uh, the days themselves, Friday was really comfortable for me. Like, there was a comfortable amount of people and, you know, we were, like, relaxed while we were there. And it's like, oh, all right, this is cool. This is, like, a really good con to go to. So it was an easy way to rev up. Yeah. There weren't that many people and we could move. We got there early and, you know, we were able to get into the convention with moderate, you know, uh, time. It's Wait, like a half hour. We waited, like, a half hour. It wasn't bad. And then Saturday rolls along. Oh, and we may or may not have been in Providence anymore when we reached the end of the line. We got there at 10 when the doors opened. Which was stupid on our part. Yeah, we should have been there a little early. But uh, it was 21 degrees outside, so Fahrenheit for those of you people who do Celsius. Yep. Canada. We do have a couple people. I know, that's why it was like Canada. Yeah, to clarify. 
Um, so it was very, very cold, especially for the now somewhat middle of November. Very um, seasonally abnormal. Yeah. Um, so everyone was freezing. And we were had to go up and down, I think, three city blocks. Yep. Yep, we wrapped around three city blocks, one, two, three, like around the entire building. Yeah, six, and, six streets. Yep. And we had to do we had to do each street twice because we had to go down the street, cross the street, and then go up the street again. And there was traffic in there. Yeah. Like the traffic cars actually going up and down those streets that we had to cross over in order to keep in line. Yep. Like, oh my gosh. It took us 75 minutes to get in on Saturday, which yep. all things considered how long the line was, mm-hmm. not that bad. But, um, then there was, uh, Sunday, today, which we're recording, which wasn't bad. We got there at nine and we waited an hour before the con opened up and we actually got in at like, what? It was like 10, 10, 10, 02, we got in. Well, they started filtering in the line at like nine 45, nine 50, which was smart. Very. And we were happy about that. But, um, technically that was the longest we waited in line. But then again, the con wasn't open at the time when we were, when we got there on Saturday, like, the con was open, and we waited 75 minutes to get in. Uh, met a lot of really nice people in line. We met a Punisher. We, uh, Nick, who, yeah. um, the gentleman in the wheelchair who we helped push uh, up the hills. Yeah. Very, very kind man. Everyone was just nerds. Yeah, like, every, yeah, nerdy. That's in. actually what I was going for. Very nerdy. <laughs> very, very nerdy people. But everyone was just friendly. Like, we were all cold together. Yeah. We were all just having a good time. And the guy chatting. we were, the guy who was the Punisher, who we were in line with, like works a town over from us. Yeah, it was just like, oh, cool. Yeah, you plow our streets. Thank <laughs> <you>. Yeah, <laughs> right during the winter when we're snowed in, there's eight feet of snow. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, just uh, were a little overwhelming. But the one thing that I loved, love, love, loved, there was one panel that started a little bit late, and it was delayed for because the guest was still arriving. And they came out and they were asking us how our how our um, con experience was, yeah. and if there was anything that we could report or any feedback that we could give them to send to the higher ups. Right. And I have a friend who struggles with walking, has a physical disability, and I said, you know, we were trying to get him a disability accessibility pass, and there were some communication challenges with people understanding what these passes were. Yeah. And but the fact that they were available was awesome. It was. Um just the structure of the building didn't necessarily allow easy access back and forth between the Duck and Donut Center and the Convention Center, but again, that's just the structure of the building. It's not what, you know, what people have done. Right. Um and I but I was able to bring up, you know, I think communication and the fact of like helping people understand the passes and you know, the feedback was taken with, you know, totally accepted it yep. and they owned that, you know, that's something that they can work on. But I think that's something that's great of any corporation or business who's trying to host this large of an event. Yeah. And that was uh, right before Tom Cook's panel. Too. It was. Um, yeah. There was, speaking of another, I thought we were actually going to, I forgot about a panel that we went to, which was super oh, interesting. Oh, yes. Didn't have a moderator because he was so lively. Uh, Jason Isaacs. Yes. Who played Lucius Malfoy. and Malfoy. Uh, yeah. And uh, Captain... A hook and, Peter Pan. and um, a whole bunch of other he villains was, from the Patriot. He yes. uh, he was a bad guy in the Patriot. Uh, stupid boy. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, he was like he's played the baddest of bad dudes 
and he was probably the liveliest and most entertaining dude that we had ever met. I'm so glad I lived over in England for two months because that was the only way I was understanding his accent. The whole time. <laughs> At sometimes. Sometimes he, but you know what? What was really funny, and he said it was a blessing and a curse at the same time, was whoever he's talking to, he switches to their accent. Really? Yes. Didn't you hear that part of it? That he's, there was like somebody asking him a question and he switched to an American accent immediately. <laughs> That's funny. No. And he said, he's like, oh, sometimes it's really hard because I'm not trying to make fun of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. But uh, the one thing I loved, love, love, loved, some, the last question that they asked him of the day if you could have dinner with anybody, who would it be? And he said his wife and his two daughters because he doesn't see them nearly enough. Yeah. Aww. It, it got, it got uh, like 3,000 people going, aww, you know. But it just shows you that regardless of how busy, regardless if you didn't see these people, these actors, voice actors, artists, everyone who was there are people just like you and I. Yep, they go home and clean their toilets and do their laundry. And this is their job, and we're lucky that we get to experience a little bit of it from them. Right. Yeah. So, man, this is probably, like, the most panel talk we've ever had on on, yeah. a, con- right. on a convention review. You know what it is, though? I found the panels this year, there were a lot more of them. There, there were. There were a lot more of them, and the content was really good. Um... So we found it very interesting to go there, you know, and uh, we, we had done all of our shopping on Friday, really. So we had all the things that we wanted. We didn't yep. really want to be down in the dealer's room. So we were like, let's go see some panels. Uh, there were a lot of guests who canceled, though. Uh, that's, that's one thing that I wanted to bring up, the, the guests that were canceled. But they all had really good reasons. Like, unfortunately, you missed out on, like, the Scooby-Doo cast that was going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um Matthew Willard and Freddie, uh, Prince Freddie Jr. Prince Jr. They were supposed to have a Scooby-Doo panel, but that was canceled. Uh, but uh, Freddie Prince Jr. had a family emergency. I don't know what was up with Matt Willard, but um, that was unfortunate. And then the entire cast of The Walking Dead. Norman Reedus was supposed to have his enti- own entire wing of the convention center. There was a yeah. Walking Dead wing of the convention center. And uh, Norman Reedus had his own booth in there, and he didn't show... Nobody from The Walking Dead showed up, but that's because the weather uh, delayed the filming of the of the finale of the show, and therefore every single Walking Dead cast member had to cancel because they were still filming the show. Crazy. Unbelievable. Uh, I, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to mention about... Shout out to the 501st, where James and Victoria were all weekend. Oh, yeah. They raised a lot of money for some really Yeah, on Friday, they raised $1,000 for their charity, which was great. So, um, that's what we really got for this episode of the Wicked Anime Podcast. Uh, Rhode Island Comic Con, again, uh, overwhelming with some of the amount of people that were there, but still, like, a really fun time. Yeah. Just, like, a lot of really awesome nerdy people getting together. I also got a lot of, I got about 80 likes on Facebook about my, uh, Joey Fatone picture. So that was, uh... Facebook famous. That was pretty exciting. Oh, no. Our engagement post got about 400, so clearly we're more, we're way more excited. (laughs) So, um, that's it for this episode of the Wicked Anime Podcast. If you want to send us an email, if you were at Rhode Island Comic Con and you want us to talk about something that you were there, you can email us at wickedanimereviews at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash wickedanime. Uh, Twitter, at Yo Wicked Anime. You can find us on YouTube.com, where all of our videos are, which is YouTube.com slash Reviews. You can find us, our podcast, not only on Nerdy Show, where you can find our videos as well, nerdyshow.com slash wickedanime. You can also find us uh, on iTunes, 
leave us a review and a five-star rating, and we'll be sure to read it on the show. Even if it's not a five-star rating, we'll read it on the show. Uh, Podchaser, which uh, you can rate and review there as well. Uh, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Stitcher, anywhere that you can find podcasts, you can find Wicked Anime and the rest of the shows on the Nerdy Show Network. And that's all we have for this episode of the Wicked Anime Podcast. We are sitting in a McDonald's parking lot because we need food. We are hungry, and we need to go home and sleep and get ready for work tomorrow. So um, with that, we're going to sign off the only way we know how. Oh, in the next episode, by the way, before we sign off, uh, you are going to be hearing a familiar voice once again. Andrew is back from Japan, and um, he has probably a thousand million stories to tell. And so look forward to that in the next episode of the Wicked Anime Podcast, where we talk to Andrew about his uh, Japan trip and all the experiences that he had over there. So now with that, it's time to sign off the only way we know how. Okay, bye. Bye. guests that we miss, like Paul Rubens. Did Paul Rubens even have a panel? Yeah, and I wanted to go to it, but you said no. Wait, really? Yes. When? Friday. Huh. I don't even remember. Yes. You were bummed out to miss Elijah Wood. I was a little bummed out, but you know what? Besides just wanting to see his face and his somewhat handsomeness, (laughs) I haven't really seen anything with him in it that I've like, I'm not a huge Lord of the Rings person. Right. Sorry for those of you who are. I liked him in The Faculty. Okay, it would help if I've seen that. Yeah. So, I'm sure most of you know, I'm not a huge movie or TV TV buff. I stick to my classics. I'm branching out. Like, the fact that I even watched Stranger Things while it was still prevalent is important. That's true. I just finished watching the show Monk, and that ended... Eight years ago. <laughs> so, I still live in the 80s. Even though I was never born then. That made no sense. Even though I wasn't born then. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.